You are listening to the Phenom MLB Show on the Phenom Media Podcast Network, powered by the most passionate young sports analyst in the game. If you're looking for creative, informative, and high-quality sports content, you've come to the right place. Phenom Media boasts a team of over 100 youth contributors from around the world, covering every sport on every media platform. Make sure to follow Phenom on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as all of the Phenom podcast channels for daily content. The link tree in the episode description includes a direct link to all of the aforementioned platforms, so click on that to access everything. If you enjoy the episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a positive review so more people can discover the podcast. Now, let's get to the show. What's up and welcome back to episode 9 of the Rivalry Rundown presented by the Phenom Media Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Green, alongside Drew Winkler this week. Drew, how are you? Doing good. Uh, tough to be good, actually, with the snow falling, but excited to talk some baseball. Yeah, this is like two weeks in a row we've recorded where the snow is just coming down so hard. We didn't go into school today because, I mean, you couldn't. The roads are terrible. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Jasper's not with us this week. He'll be back next week. But um, we have a good amount to talk about today. just wanted to mention quickly before we record, there was actually a trade pretty recently. Elvis Andrews is going to the athletics for – Chris Davis, who is going over to the Rangers. It's not a huge trade, but a few years ago, Chris Davis was one of the home run leaders. So uh, obviously great power there. And Andrews has spent his entire career with the Rangers. So this is the first we're going to see of him not on, not in Texas. So uh, th- yeah, that's pretty significant. You got any thoughts about that? Yeah, nothing skill-wise. Uh, I don't think any of these teams will be really competing, but it's more of like seeing these players in different jerseys is going to be like a new thing. Yeah, agree there. So the the big news that happened this week is uh, Trevor Bauer. He finally decided where he's going to sign, and there was a whole uh, fiasco about this. People are outraged. We'll talk about that in a sec. But he is going to the Los Angeles Dodgers, the reigning World Series champions. This was arguably, I would say, maybe behind. Uh, no, I would say probably in front of Springer. I would say this is the biggest free agent signing of the offseason so uh the thing about this is that one one of the or not the one of he won the Cy Young last year so the Cy Young NL Cy Young is going to the reigning world series champions so it's one of those events where the rich get richer and the Dodgers are even better so my question to you is now who has the better rotation is it the Padres or is it the Dodgers I strongly believe it's the Padres. I think Blake Snell's better than um, my, uh, Trevor Bauer. And I just think the Padres have more of like a younger talent that's going to last them a longer time. Clayton Kershaw doesn't have that many years left. Um, and I just think the Padres also have a better offense to go with it. So the Padres will win the NL West in my prediction. I would love to see that. But I think offensively, I would say the Dodgers still have them by a little bit. I mean, they still they got Bellinger and Mookie in the outfield. So that's obviously the majority of where their offense is coming from. Rotation-wise, I, would, I actually agree with you. 
I think Trevor Bauer is severely overrated. I, I don't like him. We'll get that. We'll get to that in a sec. But Walker Bueller, he's pretty good. I, I think he's the best pitcher on the team. <clears throat> uh, as you just said, Kershaw is kind of regressing, getting older. But the it should be that will be a really interesting race. So my main problem with this is this just makes me dislike Trevor Bauer more. I mean, he's such a look at me type of guy where the second it was announced that he's going to the Dodgers, he posts a little video on social media that's like, it was like four minutes of nonsense about like just describing what a baseball game is like. And then he's like, yeah, I'm ready to do it again in Los Angeles. Does, does he really think that people care so much about him that he needs to post a video where he's, where he's going? Like no, no one else does that. So what's up? It also bothered me that he posted that uh, apology to Mets fans. Like, he never said that he was going to the Mets. That was all the insider's fault, like we'll talk about. But he, he wasn't really involved in that. So I don't know why he should be apologizing where he's not signing. Like like you said, he's not that big. There's no, there's absolutely no reason to apologize. I mean, you just said it. He was never officially a Met. So there was no reason. Like the, like the stupid Bob Nightingale, the whole thing. He goes, yeah, the, Met, the Mets and Trevor Bauer have a deal. The one, they didn't. Two, Trevor Bauer probably he probably liked that because then he's getting more publicity and that's all he wants. He's an attention seeker, so it just makes him look even better because the the whole big market, the Dodgers and the Mets, they were fighting for him. It was said that he's going to the Mets and then he went to the Dodgers, and then his agent feels it's appropriate to post. Sorry, Mets fans. Like, why are you apologizing? He was never going to the Mets. It's just I I don't know. I don't like it, and I think it's a bad look. We talked about this last month, how he was going at it with Carabas on Twitter and how they were having that whole battle um, and how it was just so unnecessary. Um, he, uh, Bauer shouldn't feel the need to be a comedian on the internet. He should just be focusing on his baseball. That's, that's my thing too, with the whole, uh, I don't know the name of his brand. I'm not really big into whatever he runs, but uh, his, his focus is mainly on how he can expand his brand. So he obviously took a massive contract to do that. He's getting a ton of money. It's like 102 for 102 million for like three years with a few opt-outs. But he got he got all the money in the world, and now he's just seeking more attention. So I don't know. It's a publicity stunt, is I guess how I would put it. But back to the whole uh, Nightingale thing. This has been happening all offseason. What's up with the insiders being wrong? I've never seen this before. It's it's ridiculous. I think they just want to have their name attached to the information and they're just saying things prematurely so they can have all this credit. Like we saw it earlier with Brantley, obviously. Uh, it's just to get these insiders names out. It's They're playing the Bauer game, I guess we can say. Uh, they don't want to report false information, but they feel they have to in this world of baseball media. The second they get any sort of inside news, They'll, they'll break it. It doesn't matter what it is. It, it, they can hear something from, they can hear something from an, uh, a friend of someone that's a friend of someone on the team and they'll be like, oh yeah, I got to post that because all they want is the credit because then the, on the MLB post, it says via whoever per Mark Feinsand or and anyone, it doesn't matter. They, they'll take whatever news they can get and they'll attach their name to it. The most prominent example to me before Bauer was the Mookie trade a year ago because if you remember 
they announced the trade on like a Wednesday night and it had a Brunstar greater all it the original trade had him going to the Red Sox then a bunch of the physicals didn't uh didn't go right and he was he ended up staying with the Dodgers or moving to the Dodgers and it took like another whole week for that trade to officially happen so I don't know what was up just a case of insiders messing up yeah, that trade was the difference for Brunsov Gratterall. It made him an MLB champion. Yeah, so I I don't think it's acceptable to have your top guys messing up information, just leading the entire Twitter world or Instagram down the drain with what they're spewing out. But the other big signing that happened this week, it was actually on the same day as Bauer, is kind of overshadowed by that. But Marcel Ozuna is going back to the Braves. That was of the big four, which is Springer, LeMayu, Bauer, and Real Mudo. I'd say Ozuna was the closest to the those four. And I think it's really big that he's going back to the Braves because that was a team that was one game away from winning the World Series. And he was a really big part of that. He he did, he led the league in the NL and home, home runs. So that's a huge piece that they're getting back. Yeah, I'm obviously sad he didn't come to Boston, but um... – I don't know exactly where he'd fit. He's not the best player on defense. Like, there's definitely a little bit of a hole in left field. Benny's not great. JD doesn't really play defense well either. But I'm fine with seeing him go to the Braves. They don't really impact us at all. It's better than him going to the Rays, who we're competing with next year anyway. So I really don't mind it. My question is, generally, where is he going to play, though? Because, like you just said, he's not good at defense, and that's 100% true. He's not um and we're also going to get into this later the the uh universal dh is no more that's gone which is stupid but that that's going to relegate him to have to play somewhere in the outfield he can't dh anymore so because that was the only that's where he was last year that because last year was his first year with the braves so i don't remember i'm pretty sure he was in the outfield when he was with the cardinals two years ago but yeah, they're gonna have to find room for Ozuna in that uh, outfield, which already has Acuna. So I don't know. I mean, he's gonna play center, so Ozuna will probably go to right. But that's gonna be a lot of moving pieces. Yeah, it just adds another shift to the managerial position where they're gonna put guys, and it throws a loop in the game. We don't want to be seeing these pitchers hitting. Like none of them are good. Maybe the exception for Madison Bumgarner, but I mean, it's not good for the game. We've said uh, multiple times that the game's on the decline popularity-wise. So, but we'll get back. We'll get more into that um, when we talk about the rules. The uh, universal DH was that was something I feel like they needed to keep for this exact reason because you said Madison Bumgarner is an exception. I don't know about that. I mean, he what he's hit a, like a home run or two. I guess yeah. he can hit, but but like, no one's gonna. No one's gonna say like, "Oh, Madison Bumgarner's up. Gotta gotta move back." Like good hitter, but uh, no, the DH should be throughout the league. It worked amazingly last year. I think it was the best new feature by far. I actually didn't really like any of the other ones, but Ozuna is definitely a interesting case now to look out for, and uh, it leaves me wondering how the Braves are going to kind of run their outfield, but also that makes me think about what's going to happen with my team. So how are the Red Sox going to run their outfield? So what are your thoughts on that? 
Uh, well, they're definitely going to have Verdugo. Uh, they said center. There's been, like, a lot of talks about him going to center. Uh, would uh, Who would be moving to right? I mean, I don't know if anyone would be moving to right. I guess you put Benny back in left. And then, I mean, they signed Hunter Renfro. So is he, he's not going to play right every day. At least I hope not. But I don't really know who else I have. My ideal situation would be kind of find someone to uh, rotate time or split time with Renfro and Wright for, I don't know, half the season. And then you move Verdugo back to Wright, and then you call up Jaron Duran, who's been killing it in the Puerto Rican leagues. So I think if that is your plan, you eventually get him to come up and play center, then move Verdugo back to right, keep Benny in left. That's my ideal plan. There's also like that added loophole at second. Uh, you have Chavis dealing with, you have Kike now. Um, so that's also a loophole. Maybe Arauz, if he even plays in the big leagues this year. I know his contract, he had to play in the big leagues last year. So definitely some work to do for Alex Cora, but I'm optimistic he can figure it out. That's such an interesting like dynamic that you have because the original plan was before Dahlbeck and uh, Tristan Casas, who hasn't come up yet, but he will eventually, what their plan was to have ideally Pedroia, who retired last week, kind of come back, play second, and then Chavis was going to be your full-time first baseman, but that obviously didn't work out. Dahlbeck came up and killed it last year, so it looks like he'll probably be the majority first baseman for the Red Sox next year. And I don't know what's up with second. I mean, Kike will likely get most of the time, but then you have to factor in Chavis, where he, where, where is he going to play? He could even split some time with uh, Benintendi and left. Arauz, like you said, he he had a good season for what it was last year. So I don't know. We're going to have to see what happens with that Red Sox lineup. But the good thing is third base and shortstop is locked in. I would argue it's one of the better uh, combinations of third and short in the league got Xander Bogarts who ranked third on MLB.com as a shredder so that was interesting I didn't expect him to be that high but uh yeah number three shortstop I don't know if I just said third but uh Devers also still improving so that's good to see and speaking of the Red Sox outfield uh their former center fielder Jackie Bradley Jr. is one of the top free agents on the market now and the Mets just signed Albert Almora to play center for them. So where's Jackie going? I don't know. I've been think I have a weird feeling, but I think he could be going to the San Francisco Giants. They obviously they're kind of going in the middle of a rebuild. Mike Yastrzemski, obviously, his grandfather was a Red Sox legend. I just see Jackie in like the orange colors. I'm sure another option is definitely the Houston Astros. The Astros is my pick because they just lost Springer and they have the available space for him. So I think that's like the easy, lo- easy location for him to land. All I know for sure is that he's not coming back to the Red Sox. That trip has sailed. He's posting on Instagram. Like, I don't know where I'm going, but it's definitely not Boston. He already posted like the thing of him and his wife saying like, thank you, Boston. So yeah, it's pretty obviously, it's pretty obvious that he's not returning, but it'll be uh I'll be happy just to see him in uh, another uniform succeeding next year because if anyone has kind of been one of the clubhouse leaders over the, over the past few years, it's definitely been him. So, uh, yeah, always will root for Jackie. Yeah, like, 
like you said, homegrown talent, you can't root against homegrown talent. Exactly. So uh, we were talking about it earlier, and the MLB just last night, they officially decided that they are not keeping the universal DH, but they are going to keep the runners on second and extra innings rule, the seven inning double headers. So before I kind of uh, give a piece of my mind about that, what, what do you think about this? I know you don't like it either, but, but I don't know. What's up? I just don't get how the American League and National League, because obviously the American League will still be the DH. It's been there the whole time. But I don't get why these two leagues have to be different. Like, this is not the 1920s when they had, like, two different owners. They were two different leagues with two different, like, systems and going. They're, they're both under the Major League Baseball. Why can't it be one universal rule? It's, it should be, because now you have pitchers hitting. We were just talking about that earlier, which doesn't make any sense to me. And it just, there's no reason why you can't have a universal DHB as one. It's better for the game. And two, there's more home runs, which everybody wants. That's what makes baseball fun, in my opinion, or one of the many things. I'm not saying just home runs, but it, it makes so much sense that it was, that it just boggles my mind that they're not doing that next year. And my other thing is, why are they, why did they decide to keep, the runners on second during extra innings. I hate it so much because it's a free run every time. You the you can have the first guy bun, get the guy to third, and you have a guy on third, one out, and it's almost impossible to stop. It just annoys me. I hated it last year, and it just never it didn't work. I didn't like it. So I don't know why they're bringing that back because it just when you when you think about it, it's one of those things that they do to speed up the pace of the game. And that's my, that should be their main focus, not trying to change the game in that aspect. Even Ken Griffey Jr. said just, I don't know, last week or two weeks ago when it was announced that he's going to be assisting the uh, comm- commissioner's office, they have to stop trying to speed up the game. You let baseball take its course, and that's how it should be. I hate the speeding up the game too, but this doesn't even speed up the game because it just allows for more runs, longer innings, like – a team's just going to gain more momentum and keep hitting. It, it's really going to make the innings last longer in the long run, in my opinion. If a team, theoretically, I mean, I saw this happen maybe once last year, but if they could stop, the, if the home team could stop the away team in like the top of the tenth from scoring when they have that runner on second, yeah, it's good for them, I guess. But then that's also such a... It's such like a guaranteed win almost for the home team because now all you have to do is bring in that runner from second and the game's over. I get the the argument is, well, they just stopped the away team from doing it. So now it's their turn. But it's, yeah. if that's going to be the rule where the runner starts on second, I'm not on board with that. I don't like it. It's the pace of the game thing, stupid. The only, the over, over the past few years, the only thing that I've kind of, like not minded with the whole speed up the game thing as a pitch clock because while that does provide some advantage for the runner it's very it's very uh what's the word I'm looking for I don't know but it makes sense because you have some pitchers if they could they would take three four minutes in between pitches they they get whatever substances on their hat kind of uh brush the ball off take their time think about their next pitch communicate with their infield it can get really, it can get really tedious. So that's 
what I do like, the whole second base, extra inning things. Mm-mm, don't like that. I'm afraid it's going to result also in more pitching changes and more like pitching analytics and all that stuff. We all saw Blake Snell tragically get taken out of the World Series game six last decision. year. But I just, I going into my next point, I just hate how like analytics are taking over the game. It's not, even if people want the game to speed up, it's not speeding up the game. It's drawing it out way too much. So yeah, analytics bad. I actually didn't, I didn't think about this when, you first told me last night that they're keeping these rules from last year and getting rid of the universal DH, but do you know if they're keeping the uh, whole rule that was like, if the pitcher comes in, he has to face at least three batters before he can come out? Yeah, I think they're keeping that rule. That's such a stupid rule too. It makes no sense because the whole point is to bring in, uh, when there's like a lefty coming up, you want to bring up your best uh, reliever, against lefties and then you're saying if he has to face two more righties after that then what would be the point of bringing him in there is no point so it's it should be up to the managers to manage that's their job manage how the bullpen works how the team plays so putting a restriction on that it's stupid it doesn't make sense it's one of the things that the MLB does because they want to speed up the game and now that you know how we feel about that it it makes no sense to me I also don't like how they limit the mound visits either. It, it just controls way too much. How are they going to stop that anyways? Like, oh, yeah, you've already went out <laughs> six times. You can't go out again. I mean, the umpire is not going to be like a bot. He's not going to body block like Alex Cora from going out to talk to like, I don't know, the, some random Red Sox reliever. I couldn't even tell you one reliever in that bullpen anymore. It's terrible. But like they're not going <laughs> to stop him and – that it's just stupid. Like there's no, there shouldn't be a limit on how many times you can go see your pitcher during a game. Yeah. Again, playing into the whole analytics thing. Like, I guess like managers might want to tell them to like throw the ball wherever, but it's really not going to change the pace of the game. It's like five seconds. <laughs> they go out, they say like, all right, you need to calm down give them the fastball and the changeup or whatever, and then they're gone. <laughs> you're saying you can only do that six times a game in a nine-inning game with – if you're pitching five guys, it just – that doesn't make sense because it's the manager. They manage the game. But my other thing with analytics is specifically to the Red Sox right now, uh, they're, they're only looking at analytics. They're not – They don't realize that they're a big market team and they can sign good baseball players. So they say, oh, Garrett Richards, yeah, that could be a diamond in the rough. Let's sign him, see how that goes. Why aren't they signing actually good pitchers? I don't get it. Yeah, they they have so much money to work with. Like, it doesn't even matter if they analyze these people. So I think they're going in the wrong direction. Like, they obviously want to be under that luxury tax. I don't get why that's such a big deal. But... Yeah, it's they're just trying to move in a different direction analytic, uh, economically than most people want. If you are a team like the Red Sox or the Yankees or the Dodgers, we've seen we've seen the Dodgers doing this. They go sign guys that are good baseball players, and look what happened last year. I mean, if I remember correctly, they're kind of the World Series champions. So that's what happens when you get good baseball players. If you do this thing that Hein Bloom did, okay, to be fair, actually the counterpoint, what I just said, Hein Bloom did put together a whole diamond in the rough team with the Rays and they just faced the Dodgers in the World Series. But I don't know if he can do that again, 
but that's the Rays. This is the Red Sox. You, you have the resources to go get players that are good at baseball and you don't have to hope that you're finding someone that hasn't been good, but just a change of scenery can make them better. I, I, think, I think their focus should be on getting players that like, have the ability to pitch in a major league game. The whole change of scenery thing really annoys me because like these people are going to be playing like the same people anyway. Like I don't really think, I don't believe in this like pressure of like bigger markets, especially last year with no fans. Like a lot of people were blaming like Red Sox and Yankees for like underperforming uh, because there are high pressure markets. Like, no, they weren't. There was no one at Fenway Park. No, it was empty. And when you think of change of scenery, you think of more, literally the scenery like where they are playing like a stadium what jersey they're wearing or are you thinking more of who they're playing against and uh kind of the new the new style of the new team yeah um yeah no no answer (laughs) no so change of scenery is it more of who you're playing against or where where you're actually going I would say where you're going because you're going to be playing the same people regardless in like the next three years. Like they have that whole cycle thing against the divisions. You play everyone in the American league every year anyway. So maybe I guess if you're moving from American league to national league, it's like you see these guys like three times more often or so, but neither really matters to me. I'll be honest. When has a change of scenery kind when is the most prominent example you can think of? when it's really like fixed someone i i could name a few but you have any like that really stand out to you um i'm maybe will myers i mean he was okay with the rays but he's he's doing pretty well the padres right now so that's my best example if i think of another i'll share i also am gonna go with someone that actually went to the rays and that would be uh tyler glasnow because the Pirates did absolutely nothing with him. And then he went to the Rays. Now he was one of their best pitchers last year behind Blake Snell. And I don't know what the whole thing is about people just hating on Tyler Glass now and saying he's overrated and stuff. Uh, I uh, would say he's not. I think for the majority of last season, he pitched better than Blake Snell. So if people say, like, that's not a viable ace for the Rays, mm, I don't know about that. I think he is. Maybe another example is, I guess, Trevor Bauer going from the Indians to the Reds. But, I mean, that was one season. So, that Yeah, he pitched, what, maybe like 10 games last season and yeah, and threw against the NL Central, who we were just talking about. It's not really the greatest division. But, uh, yeah, I would say it was – it would have been a lot different. It would have been a different story this offseason if Bauer was in – the NL West or the AL East, and we will see how he performs in the NL East versus the Dodgers. I mean, the NL East, besides the Dodgers and the Padres, I just I just realized I said hey, we'll see how he performs against the Dodgers. No, I meant we'll see how he performs versus the Padres and the other three teams. I don't know if they're going to really do anything offensively, but uh, yeah, well, definitely I'll be definitely watching Trevor Bauer when he starts because I think he is overrated and I don't think he's going to do that well again this year he'll be playing the league's best shortstop in colorado that's true Tati's <laughs> jr i don't know how mlb can tell me trevor's story is better than Tati's, but they did so i'll let it slide because they said bogarts is number three so that's that's okay so um 
I'll let that one slide. But I think that should pretty much wrap it up. Had a lot to cover news-wise this week. Um, oh, by the way, yesterday was truck day, our favorite day. They're finally going, they finally sent down the truck to the spring training camps. So that's fun. Spring training's coming up soon. So is, is there like a truck tracker, like a Santa tracker? We can like watch cool. it drive if you down. Can like watch it in Denton drive down the East Coast. Like, look, it's in no this no-name town in like North Carolina or whatever. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. Santa tracker, but for the, the truck bringing the equipment down the spring training, man, the scenes. But, but yeah, very important. I'm glad the Red Sox told us how many cases of bubble gum they're bringing down. If we didn't have that information, there would there would be serious problems. We can, I think, we can all agree on that. But yeah, that's gonna wrap it up. Obviously, we covered a lot, and hopefully, there's more to cover next week. We'll see you next week on the Rivalry Rundown. Start spreading the news I'm leaving today I want to be a part of it New York, New York These vagabond shoes Are longing to stray Right through the very heart of it New York, New York I want to wake up in a city that doesn't sleep And find I'm king of the hill Top of the heap These little town blues Are melting away In old New York If I can make it there I'll make it anywhere It's up to you New York, New Never sleeps and find I'm a number one, top of the list, king of the hill, a number one. These little town blues.
It's up to you, New York. 